What is up, everybody? And this is the first time we have done a Beat PG specific Ask PG Braun in a while. I've been having guests on lately. Been doing some fun stuff with Dr. Zano. Probably going to start a completely different podcast for what I do with Dr. Zano. But this one is all for you guys doing the Beat PG. This is something that I promised from the start of the first one. I said, if anyone does not uh, have the money to buy a coach or to have a trainer, any of these things. Maybe you just don't even have time to go learn on your own. I will answer all of your questions for you to ensure that you can have the best transformation possible right here in this podcast. Now, what I used to do is my cardio Q&A, which I'm going to be getting back into soon. Uh, I had some um, injuries and some health issues that took me away from doing cardio. So the very least I can do is get on here and start answering all your questions for you. So we put it out there and we have a pretty good amount of questions on here, some diversity to the questions, but like I always say, I will answer them all. So we're gonna get into it right away. I believe we have about six weeks left, I think in the BPJ. So you guys should be really trying to maximize what you can get out of me in these last few weeks. And um, there's some things that I can teach you that will really, really pull a lot off. I've, I've seen people change dramatically in the last two, three weeks. Sometimes you gotta go real hard, but it's worth it for that big, big prize. And uh, just to go over that real quick, it's $10,000 for first place. It's also all the products for, for free for a year. You get all the clothes for free. Depending on what's going on with the pandemic and the world and COVID and everything else, we were taking people up to uh, Bev Francis, the East Coast Mecca. I don't know what the deal is with that now, although it's still a great gym and I'd love to get you there. Uh, if you were a woman, we would do a um, photo shoot uh, with orangutan. If you were a male, uh, we can still shoot with orangutan, or maybe you have a girl that you want to shoot with orangutan. We could also set something up with Ryan Loco, my boy. You get to come down and do a video with us. So there's a ton that you can do. And on top of all that, uh, Made to Macro will take care of your food for a year. So the prizes are just ridiculous. And now I'm going to get into answering the questions. And uh, good luck to everybody who's competing. So question number one. For my first cycle, would I be better off taking it slow by doubling my TRT dose to 400 milligrams a week for a 12 to 16 week cycle and then increasing dosage to 500 to 600 on my next cycle or should I just go balls deep and jump straight on a 600 mig cycle at this point I'm not interested in stacking it with anything else open suggestions so very easy if you're just doing 200 milligrams a week by doubling it to 400 you're going to be getting essentially double the results right you're doing twice as much to go triple and go to 600, I think is just a little bit too aggressive. And you'll be very, very pleased with what you get at the 400. So just go to the 400, make sure you have some Arimidex on hand though, because you're probably gonna be converting a little bit of estrogen. And you don't wanna just start cranking out all this test and think that you're not gonna have any potential side effects. So make sure you have the Arimidex, but my, my advice is go to the 400. Question number two, the world is full of people ready to give their opinion. What is the worst piece of business advice someone gave you? Something that, with all the wisdom you now have, you can look back and just see is horseshit. And what is the best way to tell good advice from bad? Well, that is a multi-part question, and I would have saved that for the end. I actually moved another business question to the end. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you that if you listen to the end of this podcast, we're going to get into some business stuff at the end, and I will touch on that because it goes in the last question. Would you rather have, this is question number three, would you rather have <laughs> to drive the F12, the speed limit for the rest of your life or drive as fast as you like but never get a blowjob ever again? That is a very, very easy question. I would drive fast and I don't give a shit about blowjobs. Uh, as long as I can get in there, that's all that matters to me. I don't need blowjobs. Uh, David Rand wants to know, been using Blackstone Lab supplements for months now and I love them. 
One question I have is I thought about trying EpiSmash. Am I able to use the product while currently using the SST kit and still waiting on my Anagen and Tribe in the mail? So I'm glad that you added that last part. There is really no point to take Anagenin anymore if you are gonna take EpiSmash. EpiSmash will stack with literally everything, so you don't have to worry about what you can and can't take it with. However, there is no point of taking Anagenin, which is a laxogenin product, with EpiSmash, which is the concentrated laxogenin. So you'd get rid of the Anagenin. Uh, Jake Canillo, recently listened to your podcast with Dr. Zeno. I also had a conversation with Steve Calabrese from Natural Body. It's my buddy, Steve. My first wholesale account. I have ulcerative colitis. And I've done a lot of research, but I can't seem to get over the disease. Can you give me insight on VSL number three and where to get it? Also, Dr. Zeno mentions oxygen ther therapy. So I'm going to correct you there. He messages ozone therapy. Uh, do you know where I can get this done in New Jersey? I would truly appreciate your advice, sir. So quick answer on the ozone therapy. Just Google it in your, in your computer. See where ozone therapy is available. There's actually quite a few places in Florida. Uh, that, that offer it. Um, Super Sign Sammy's been going to a place. Where does he go? To uh, Revive, actually. I believe is doing his ozone therapy for him. There's different ways of doing it in different places. Make sure you have um, your information in place before you go. And it's not a bad, bad idea to just ask Dr. Zeno. He's a great guy, and he's happy to answer your questions. So reach out to Dr. Zeno. Say uh, you're a fan of the podcast, and you want his advice on where you could go in your area, and he'll be happy to, to help you on that. I actually have my own ozone therapy machine now. It's my podcast. I'm going to drink water whenever I want, guys. Um, I got some Pedialyte in there, even though they screwed me over. So to get back into this uh, question on the VSL number three. So I used VSL number three. This is an interesting story. When I was going through my divorce, I was diagnosed with uh, irritable bowel syndrome. And it was a scary time because I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me. But there was days. There was a day I counted, actually. It was 13 times that I made a bowel movement from the time I woke up till noon. And I was like, man, I, I, how am I gonna be able to even go anywhere? I, I was like literally scared because I'd start sweating and then have to run to the bathroom to go. So I started removing foods from my diet. I thought I had perhaps some sort of food allergy or some sort of crazy shit going on. And in the end, I found out that I had irritable bowel syndrome, which really is a product of stress more than anything else. So you can thank the, the ladies. Ladies, you can thank, thank the fellas uh, who bring that into your life. And they actually told me to get on VSL number three. So at the time, I was using VSL number, number three, and it was wonderful. Uh, it actually did a lot for me. And I was using quite a bit of it, though. I was using uh, six to eight a day. And it was a little bit on the pricey side back then. Then what happened was I noticed that VSL3 was able to be purchased in Costco's and places like that. And I thought that was very interesting because you used to have to go to a website specifically to get it. Well, eventually this big information came out and I'd have to uh, check my data on this, but they were caught not putting what they were supposed to be putting in some of their products. And they had a lawsuit, I believe, that was going on. And a bunch of people started reaching out to me and like, hey, this is the stuff that you told us to take. And I was pretty shocked myself. So I made very good friends with a woman named Deb. And if you guys have ever seen the uh, colonic video, she was the, whole, the colon hydrotherapist that uh, recommended a product called Advanced Naturals uh, Probiotic Formula. And they have a 50 billion count. 100 billion count and 150 billion count. That is mega, mega, mega strong stuff. And it is very, very comprehensive. And what I did was I got on the 50 billion. And I will tell you this, just using two a day was better for me than using six to eight VSL number three a day. 
And now I strongly, strongly, strongly suggest that product over VSL number three. And I know there's a lot of colon hydrotherapists that will say the same thing about it. Uh, and I know that uh, Gorilla Chemist recently made a post about VSL number three. Now, Gorilla Chemist is a brilliant guy, and I respect him a lot. And we've done some great things together, but perhaps he did not see that VSL number three got into that big study because I was using VSL number three, and I never try to act like I'm the first way before anybody else even knew what it was because of the situation that I was in. And I had recommended it to a lot of people. But when I found out that perhaps they weren't telling the truth about what was going on in their products, it made me want to look elsewhere. And when you find these specific uh, therapists and doctors that just specialize in the butt, basically, right? So she's a colon hydrotherapist who specializes in the booty. Um, I was able to find this product that I absolutely swear by and I can tell you that since I started using that product, it's not just a matter of digestion. It's just a matter of overall feel because your stomach is the most, in my opinion, important part of your immune system that gets overlooked all the time, that people just put all this bad stuff in their guts all the time and think that their body's going to be fine. But anxiety, depression, all of these things that are controlled in the gut can be taken care of by taking pre and probiotics. And that's why I really, really like that product. So I don't work for this company. My phone, I don't know why it will not stop making noises. It's irritating the fuck out of me. Excuse my language. Um, we're going to make this thing stop. Uh, but that is my advice to you is to do the advanced naturals. Um, Roshane, how do you address abdominal fat for men in 40s? I know it depends on the person, but was curious of some general rules. Should I consume less foods and drink more of my proteins? Get in a lot of fiber? How much? Is there a difference in digestion between eating like chicken or beef or fish? It does seem like, for example, eating two chicken breasts seem hard to digest, meaning feeling slightly bloated versus eating two pieces of fish. Should I consider enzymes? So there's a lot of questions there. I'm going to break them down uh, piece by piece. Uh, they're all essentially asking the same thing. You just want to know what you should be eating because you're trying to get lean. So first thing that you got to do is figure out what plan you want to stick to and follow it. Now, there are many ways to skin a cat, as they say, which is a horrible thing to think about. Um, but you've got ketogenic plans. You've got your balance plans. You've got carb cycling. You've got intermittent fasting, all these different plans that do work as far as getting in shape if you stick to the one that works best for you. And what works best for you is going to be something that you have to figure out on your own. But what I tell people is you've got to be mentally committed to do any kind of plan beforehand. Because if you're gonna half-ass it, you're never gonna get the results that you want, and you're, you're gonna blame it on the plan, you're gonna blame it on what's going on, and I'm telling you, all these plans will work for the most part. It's just a matter of finding the one that you like best. I did ketogenic plans for a while, loved it. So let's talk about keto for a second, uh, because I find that men in their 40s do great on ketogenic diets. In fact, I find that men, older men, do better on ketogenic diets than women, because psychologically, Women just love carbs. Ladies, you know that I'm right. I think that the button is like, it was, it was stuck up. That's what it was because I had sand stuck in it. All right, solve that for you guys. That's a little tech. That's my, that's the, that's like the, the, the top of like my tech skill right there is getting sand out of the phone. After that, I have to ask people for help. So my advice to you is you, like I said, you've got to fi figure out a diet that works best for you. So I like the idea of a ketogenic diet especially for men in their 40s, because a lot of that belly fat is cortisol-related. So general rules of the ketogenic diet are, of course, stick to the ketogenic plan and don't fall off it, meaning once you commit to this 
Atkins style, ketogenic style, no carb diet, you've got to stay on that because as soon as you put the carbs in, you throw yourself off. And the reason I'm using this is because in your, your particular situation, it seems like an easy one to follow. Uh, should I consume less foods and drink more of my proteins? Essentially, it's irrelevant because you're going to be eating just protein and fat. Where you get those sources from, of course, are going to be changing the way that you digest. You, you ask the question of, do, chick, do, do two chicken breasts take longer to digest than two fish? Well, if you're eating white sources of flaky fish, there's really no fat in there. Now, there's also no fat in a chicken breast. However, it is much easier to break down that fish in your system, and that's why you don't feel bloated, and that's why you feel satiated longer. Uh, eating something like steak that's harder to break down. So you could be as simple as possible, guys, and you could say, I'm just going to eat the same thing at every meal because it agrees well with me and, and psychologically this makes me happy. Or you can say to yourself, well, I need to have variety. Variety is going to be what, what it takes for me to be happy with what I do, and you could eat something completely different at each meal. As long as those calories equal what they need to be for you to be in either the surplus to gain or the deficit to lose for the most part you're going to be okay and this is where the whole like eating for your macros came from figuring out your basal metabolic rate figuring out how many calories that you're burning a day figuring out how much calories that you need to sustain and when you figure all that stuff out it's a lot simpler than it seems so i could tell you Simple answers to your questions like, yeah, two pieces of chicken breast is going to take you harder to digest than two, two pieces of fish, but we don't even know what size pieces they are. We're talking three-ounce pieces. We're talking eight-ounce pieces. you got to get on a good plan where your macros are figured out. My advice is just reach out to one of these prep companies like Made to Macro that's doing it all for you, and then you don't even have to, to think about it. They take the guesswork out. You just eat the meals that you're supposed to eat. Um, is there a dis difference in digestion rate? Absolutely, because steak has fats in it. Different kinds of chicken are going to process different, uh, slower, even different kinds of fish. If it's a white fish versus a fatty fish is going to process slower. So you've got to figure out all those things and what you're going to eat on your plan. Um, do I need to be getting in fiber? Of course, everybody needs to be getting in fiber. However, if you're eating a uh, Atkins style or ketogenic diet, you're probably not going to be getting much dietary fiber because you're not eating the fibrous veggies that most people are eating. So you're going to have to supplement with fiber, things like sugar-free Metamucil. So that's going to be something that goes into your plan. So all of these questions that you're asking, they all come down to the kind of diet that you want to follow first. I'm just going to throw this at, at you, Roshane. I think you should do a ketogenic diet. Makes it simple. You can eat chicken, eggs, steak, fish. You can eat nuts. You can eat avocados, oils. You can't eat any carbs. So that takes all that out. You break it down. You figure it out easy. We actually have one. Uh, if you signed up for the BPJ, there is a ketogenic plan. There's an Atkins ketogenic plan that you can email customer service and they'll send it to you. And then you just follow that makes it very easy. And as far as eating uh, enzymes, digestive enzymes, I'm a big digestive enzyme guy. I like uh, super enzymes by Now Nutrition. There's plenty of companies that make them and it can only help. Daniel Mulder. A glycolog question. I love glycolog questions. I was going to buy my mom some glycolog for her to try. She's a type two diabetic, which is much, much different than type one. Type one diabetics were typically born that way or they figured it out in their very early childhood. This is something that you can't do anything about. Type 2 diabetes, unfortunately, is something that typically is done to oneself. 
through either poor health or poor eating habits, you eventually become a type 2 diabetic. And this is sad in this country because there's so many ways that you can avoid that. And instead, in this country, they like to just throw blankets on these things and say, okay, well, you're, you're becoming a type 2 diabetic, so we're going to put you on metformin and insulin now instead of telling you how important it is to change your diet and get better. Uh, she is on a low-carb uh, diet, and she's taking metformin and basilar and insulin. What is the best way for her to take it and the advantages of her taking it? Thank you for taking the time to answer my questions for everything you do. So since she's a type 2 diabetic, she needs to talk to her doctor about adding that in. Now, if her doctor says that she can't add it in, her doctor sucks, and she needs to go get a new doctor. Because Jen Strobo, who's a type 1 diabetic, her doctor loves glycolog. And we have many, many, many other diabetics whose doctors also love uh, glycolog. So show the product to the doctor. Have them look at it. All of those ingredients are actually recommended to people with diabetes. And it can help her out tremendously. Brett Raphael says, hi, PJ. Hope all is well. First off, I want to thank you for doing this podcast to answer all of our questions. I love doing it, guys. My first question is, I'm currently on a cycle of 375 milligrams of testinanthate with 40 milligrams of Winstrol. Would adding an EpiSmash still be beneficial or should I wait until my PCT to use it? Well, there's not any downtime to use it. Do I think that you'd probably get a little more out of it during the PCT? Maybe because you're taking away all the other good stuff. However... By adding it in to the test and Winstrol cycle, you're going to have anti-cortisol effect. So you're going to be more anabolic and you're going to be holding less water and you're going to recover faster. So that would be a great reason to add it in now. Now, my advice to you would be to add in, let's say, one or two Epi Smash now. And then when you go to the PC, when you're in that down phase where your body's going to be cranking out more cortisol, you're going to be losing muscle, you're not going to be in the most ideal spot then I would make sure you're doing two to three Epi Smash and really maximize that off time. Second question. Can you explain how Glycolog works in depth as I want to use it multiple times a day with all my carb meals? Thirdly, does Blackstone Lab still provide third-party testing on all of their products? Yes, we do. And all of that is done up at High Tech Pharmaceuticals, third-party testing on everything that we do. So that is one of the big things with being with a company like High Tech. They have been around for a long time. Um, and they have been dealing with the FDA for a very long time. The FDA is in there all the time, doing their checks and procedures, making sure that everything is compliant the way it needs to be. And that's uh, part of being partners with a big company like that. You get all of these uh, specific checks that you need to make sure that everything is compliant, safe, healthy as possible. And that's very important to us. So we're going to get back to your glycolide question. Let me take a sip of water before I get into this one. I'm going to give you guys a really good breakdown on this. For those of you who don't understand glycolog, I've been wanting people to learn this for years. So a lot of people think that glycolog is like this cheat meal product, or they call it a carb blocker, which drives me crazy because that is completely not what it is. It's actually the opposite of that, if you understand it. So when I was, I'm going to be very real, as always with you guys. When I was bodybuilding, I found that some of the best progress that I made when it was when I started using insulin and in the earlier years we were using Humulin R which I hate uh and then it was through the advice of uh Colette Nelson who's a brilliant brilliant diabetic um I learned how to use uh Novolog Humulog uh Novolog is actually faster acting than Humulog it actually is in your bloodstream in about five minutes and using utilizing it with meals so what happens is the insulin actually increases your uptake 
of the carbohydrates at the meal. So when you're eating your carbohydrates, see what happens is diabetics, they're not producing any insulin. So when they eat these carbs, their body doesn't know what to do and they can have blood sugar crashes, blood sugar spikes, and there's nothing regulating it. Their pancreas doesn't create insulin anymore. So by putting the insulin in, it helps take those carbs where they need to go. Now, if you're somebody that makes insulin the right way, what happens is when you eat a carbohydrate rich meal, depending on the style of carbs they are, your blood sugar can go up very, very high. It can go up slow and steady. It can go up and then crash really, really bad. All these different things happen. And when those different things happen, when it goes up, you can get an energy boost. When it goes down, you can get very, very tired. And then you have a, a number of other physiological effects that happen in your body. Storage of fat. Um, and I can go on and on about, about I don't want to sit and do a lecture on insulin. I want to teach you on why you need to manage your insulin. So what bodybuilders were doing was taking food spread out throughout the day and utilizing insulin to be able to eat more suck up more of those carbs, be able to glycogen load their muscles very efficiently. So their muscles were locked and loaded with fuel at all times, making them feeling bigger and stronger and more explosive, and then being able to train harder to then put on extra muscle. When utilized the right way, you were able to eat more carbohydrates, store more of them as glycogen for explosive power, and store less as fat as long as you're eating the right way. This doesn't mean that you could just take insulin to eat a bunch of McDonald's and stuff and think that you're gonna be bigger and stronger. You know, this is meticulous nutrition. So when I retired, I thought to myself, man, if somebody could figure out a way to, to create something that's similar to insulin, but obviously doesn't have the, the negative side effects, something that could help your body absorb carbohydrates more efficiently, something that would help you glycogen load, something that would take those carbs. And this is where the phrase nutrition partitioner comes in and put those carbs into the muscle where they belong rather than having them float around in your stomach or stored, digested later on, stored as fat, all these negative things that we don't want. Now, if that's all going on and you're also able to manipulate where your insulin levels in your body are, this is ideal because you can keep using these carbs as fuel and not store any of them as fat. So when we figured out the formula for glycolog, which I give Gorilla Chemist full credit for, um, I told him, if you can figure this out, man, we will really, really have a home run on this. And you can never compare anything to a medical drug. So I'm not comparing it to metformin. I'm not comparing it to Humalog at all. I just wanted something that can do a similar effect in the body. Uh, but what we wound up getting was something that did something actually slightly different also. It actually keeps the body optimal for glycogen loading, like we said, but also for, I don't want to say anti-fat storage but you won't store the carbs as fat and you won't store protein the wrong way you will specifically just glycogen load the carbs so now because of that your body can utilize the protein for building muscle way more efficiently it can utilize the fats that are essential for things like eyesight and, and all the other essential fatty uh, characteristics that we have and now you're being able to separate these macronutrients and get the most out of each one. So this is what makes that product amazing. So whether you're eating 10 grams of carbs, 50 grams of carbs, 20 grams of carbs, you're gonna be able to utilize those carbs exactly how you want to for energy and fuel, that's it. So let's say you're eating only 10 grams of carbs uh, versus 50 versus 20. Basically as a general rule of thumb, 
regardless of how fast your metabolism is, I've broken it down into categories. Now, if you've got a very, very fast metabolism, this is gonna be a little bit different. If you've got a very, very slow metabolism, this is also gonna be a little bit different. So this is your general public will fall into this category of, if you're eating anything less than 20 grams of carbs, so let's say you're eating 15 grams of carbs, one glycolog should be plenty to do what you need. If you're over 20, but under 35 to 40, two glycolog is all you would need. Anything over that number is the full dose of three. So a lot of people are using glycolog with big meals. They're eating them, using it with uh, cheat meals or high carb meals. This is not the only time that you want to use that because you want to be manipulating insulin at all times of the day. So the more carb meals you have, the more times that you're eating, you're going to want to have that glycolog in because you're going to notice, for starters, your energy is better. You're not going to have these crashes at all. You're going to digest faster. You're going to digest more efficiently. You're going to feel more pumped. You're going to feel stronger in the gym. You're going to feel more energized in the gym. I even noticed that when I stopped taking glycolog, I feel lethargic because of the difference in insulin production in my body, and I don't get the same pumps when I'm working out because I'm not glycogen loading the right way. So for anybody, male or female, if you could only use glycolog a couple times a day, well, then pre-workout to, to load up those carbs. Post-workout, of course, to increase absorption. Those are the very, very important ones. But if you could manipulate your insulin all day, why wouldn't you want to do that? You'll have better energy. You'll have better recovery later on in the night. So take that rule of thumb that I told you with the one, two, and three glycolog broken down categories for the carbs and really utilize that the best way. Now, if you're just going to go all out with like a balls out cheat meal, can you take more than three glycolog? You can if it's like one of these long, like hour long crazy food binges and you want to take like three before, three after. Jen Strobo, who's a type one diabetic, uh, says that she does that all the time. She kind of bookends her long eating binges like that. That's okay to do as well. You want to make sure though that you're taking the glycolog the right way because if you take glycolog and you don't have enough carbs, what's going to happen is your body's going to be looking for that and your blood sugar can crash. And I've had that happen to me before. I went to a diner once and I ordered a ham and cheese omelet and I had home fries and I got sidetracked with what I was doing. I took my glycolog. I didn't even eat the home fries and we left. I was driving home in the car. I started pouring sweat. I was like, man, I feel like my blood sugar is crashing. so weird. I took my glycolog and then I realized, oh my God, I didn't finish my home fries. And that just shows you how potent that stuff is. So it's really, really groundbreaking stuff that I think that really everyone could benefit from so much more if they understood the value of manipulating insulin. So if you were using a uh, ketogenic style diet, right? No carbohydrates at all. Then it would be much, much harder for you to utilize glycolog the same way. You would still use it on your cheat meals, of course, when you're putting carbs in. But anybody else, whenever those carbs are there, absolutely have them in. Um, for the BPJ, this is from Nick Sarah. For the BPJ contest, along with the $10,000 grand prize, are you still doing a year free coaching? Yes, I am. I'm currently coaching uh, Jason Boykins. I'm also co coaching uh, Emily Kate Clausen. And I'm also coaching uh, Andrea Parlisi for the Avenue Frenchies. These are all winners from last year. And although she did not win last year, she was right in the mix. Uh, Alexis made to macro. I've been coaching her. So basically all the people that I'm coaching are from the BPG last year. Uh, let's see. We're almost to the end, guys. And I'm saving those business questions for the end. Uh, okay. 
Hi, PJ. Are there any supplements that are just simply a waste of money? You know, those types of supplements that say they'll replace something in your system. But the reality is it's not the same thing that can be replaced but can be enhanced through proper diet. So there are many supplements like that, guys. And you got to be aware of these snake oil scams. It's not so, so much that there's just one ingredient that's bad. It's people that are taking ingredients that are popular, not utilizing them the right way, and coming up with these really overpriced scams to get people to buy their products. You know, one, one of the biggest ones that I see are these collagen formulas now where they're just charging a shitload of money because they have some sort of superior collagen formula and it's going to be better for your hair and nails and all this other stuff. And there's not even enough collagen in there to really do anything positive for you. So educate yourself on what all these different supplements do uh, and what you may be deficient in and what you can enhance your life with before you go out and just go buy a bunch of stuff. I think for the most part, when a supplement comes out that's new and sounds too, too, good, too good to be true, it oftentimes is. It oftentimes is. But then other times, you come out with something that's just absolutely revolutionary that you wouldn't expect. We did not expect, um, well, I knew Glycolog was going to be huge, but I didn't know that uh, EpiSmash was going to be as amazing as it was. It, it looked like it could be on paper. The data was just phenomenal around it. And then everyone started taking it, and they were, like, shocked with the results. And I was like, man, this is actually even better than I thought. Another one, uh, Halo Elite, was another one that I'm like, man, this looks great on paper. But I don't know if it's going to be that good. And sure enough, it, it just was that good. Um, I'd rather talk about the products that I know are good than stuff out there that's a waste of time and money. Um, but you can find all that information on the Internet pretty easy if you look around enough. Uh, in this day and age, you're not going to get away with scamming people on products for too long. Uh, Shronda from Michigan. Sorry, late question. A little history about myself. I read about your products in Oxygen Magazine a few months ago. That's cool. I didn't know we were in Oxygen. I would say I'm pretty lean already. Have been have beach wedding in Florida in April. I figured this would be a perfect opportunity to try your products, add muscle definition uh, in a natural way. Now, question. Is it better to take the product and train heavy weights since I'm small already? And should I only do cardio twice a week? I will admit, I see my body changing. At the same time, I feel a little uncomfortable putting on muscle and I've been eating more. But I guess that process is, that's the process of adding muscle. I'm open to any suggestions you have. Well, it sounds like you have quite a few questions there and you answered some of them yourself. Um, it's certainly better to take less than more and to do as much as you can through nutrition over than just trying to rely on a pill. Uh, and if you're putting on muscle that easily, good for you. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. You're saying, should you just keep on lifting weights and only do cardio twice a week? If you feel like that you're getting the changes that you need for your wedding by doing less than more, then that's great. If you feel like you're behind and you're running out of time though, then you might have to step it up and add that cardio in. So I don't think that you were specific enough for me to really answer your question in detail. Um, but one of the things that you said that I would like to touch on was you've been feeling a little bit uncomfortable putting on muscle mass as you've been eating more. Well, that's the thing. It's almost impossible to put on muscle mass without eating. So you've got to eat and train to grow. You can't just go to the gym, work out, not change anything and think that you're going to put on all this new muscle. You may have some recomposition that goes on and look a lot better, but you've got to be fueling that muscle to grow. So it all comes down to nutrition again, which I've said earlier, 
And that is all of the specific uh, training and supplementation questions. There are a couple of new, uh, there are a couple of uh, business related questions. I'm going to combine them all into one question. So let me go back to my first page, and I'm going to tie it in with this last question. So the question was two questions here. So the, fi the final question that I got was what advice would you give for someone who wants to start investing and or start their own business, uh, which we've all been there. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, or believe you're an entrepreneur, you've been in that spot of wanting to start on your own thing. And then that ties in with the question I got in the beginning. What is the best way to tell good advice from bad? What is the worst piece of business advice someone has given you? Something that with all the wisdom you now have, you can look back and just say, is all horseshit. And how do you tell? So to tie this all together, I'm going to recommend a book for you guys. The book is called The E-Myth Revisited. And it is a fantastic book. And of all the things that I've read over the years, of all of the bodybuilding stuff that I've read, and Chris Aceto's book, and books on steroids, and this and that, and books on the human body, anatomy and physiology that have given me all this knowledge of things that I know about the human body. I've also read things like The Secret, uh, The Power of Now, all these self-help books. Also very great books that I think can mold you in many ways. The one book that has helped me more than any book ever is called The E-Myth Revisited. And The E-Myth Revisited is why most businesses fail. Most small businesses fail. 80% of small businesses fail, and it's sad because most of them fail because of poor management and a lack of entrepreneurial vision because what happens is you have people that are really good at this one technical thing and so because of that they think that they should have their own company and that's oftentimes a mistake so you might think to yourself man i'm really really good at recording videos i'm so fucking good at recording videos i should be a film producer i should be out there making films i mean i can record these great videos but here's the thing you might be a really really good camera guy but you might not be great at organizing everybody together, getting the right people to do, do the things that you want on set, uh, getting people in the right places at the right time. There's a lot that goes into the production of a film besides just shooting the video. Now, you could be the opposite. You could be somebody that's got great, great, great production value in your mind, great visions, but you don't know the first thing about how to shoot somebody or how to shoot a camera. So you need to go find that person. So now at this point, I just took two people that had the same idea and went in completely different directions with it. And this is why so many people that want to be entrepreneurs, they aren't. So the true definition of an entrepreneur is somebody that has a vision, and this vision is something that they believe is going to be life-changing and earth-changing, and that nothing can get in the way of them getting this vision accomplished, and it's oftentimes a never, ever, and ever-ending battle, which I have to go through that every day because your vision is consistently changing and thriving. So you have to have the right people around you to make this vision go. And when, when, you, when you are a true entrepreneur, you realize that you've got to have technicians that are really, really good at some of these things, way better than you could ever be, so you don't have to do those things. Perfect example is a bookkeeper. You might be pretty good at math, but are you gonna be so good at math that you can take hours a day to figure out how to manage your books, to figure out where you're saving money, to figure out where you're losing money, to figure out where you're bleeding money? Are you gonna spend four or five hours a day just making sure all that stuff is perfect and taking away from everything else? Packaging your packages. Somebody might say, well, a monkey could do it. If that's the case, then why are you gonna spend three, four, five hours a day pack packaging up all your packages? That's three, four, five hours a day that is taken away from your vision. 
So when you read the E-Myth Revisited, it breaks down each role. You might find out you're not an entrepreneur, you're a manager. You might find out that you're a technician. So there are way more technicians than anybody else. These are people that are just really good and that technical skill, that technical skill and those people run the world. They do. That's the most vastly diverse group of people are going to be in your technicians and we have to have to have technicians. You got to have barbers. You got to have mechanics. You got to have these people to get the job done. But all those people need managers. You need the person that's running the salon. You need the person that's running that body shot, making sure Joe over here is changing the muffler and Johnny over here is on the dyno and everybody is working together the right way. Managers are extremely, extremely important. And a good manager has a lot of patience. And a good manager knows how to keep these technicians doing the best job that they possibly can so that he can then go report back to the entrepreneur. So as a true entrepreneur, I can tell you this. When you ask me about good advice and bad advice, all advice is good advice and all advice is bad advice. And I'll explain why. It's a matter of how you use it. So if you just listen to everything that everybody tells you, you're going to go in all sorts of different directions. One of the worst things that anybody ever told me was that I couldn't be me, that I had to censor myself, that I couldn't run a company being this way. Funny thing is a lot of people said that about Mr. Trump running the United States and he got a lot of hate for it. And uh, my mom jokingly was calling me the Donald even before that he was president of the United States because she felt that I had similar personality to him, which maybe a lot of people don't like that. But I can tell you that I always did what I wanted to do and said what I wanted to say. And when I really started opening up and being that way, people started liking the company a lot more. And the more I started just going with my gut and going with what I felt was right, the more success we started having as well because a true entrepreneur follows their vision and only you know your vision. You can teach people how to help you with your vision. You can teach people how to follow you if you're a good leader, but you can't make people inside your head and understand what your vision is. And so how could they tell you what's right and what's wrong? It's sort of like when somebody says, well, my friend did this and he made a million dollars, so you should probably do this. But was your friend in the same space as me? Was there a number of other things that were going on? You know, did he have outside influences? You can't compare yourself to others. You can learn from others' mistakes and figure out how you're going to use that to, you know, curtail to what you're doing. But you learn as you go. You fail. And when you fail, you figure out why you failed. You fix it and you go forward again. And that is the beauty of running a business and being an entrepreneur and being, you know, doing the things that we do. So in a nutshell, get the book, The E-Myth Revisited. I stand by it. And this is kind of funny. I was actually telling somebody this the other day. I'm going to close this out. On the back of the book, I never noticed this after all these years. I read this book the first year that I was running Blackstone Labs. And I read it and I thought to myself, holy shit. All these things that I thought I was so good at, I'm doing wrong. I thought to myself, I know the products better than anybody else. Who should be calling the stores to talk to the products other than me? They're not going to be able to talk about them the way that I would. So I was just doing that all myself. There are sales guys that you teach what to do. They'll do that better than you. That's their job all day long. So I read this book and I realized, man, I had a lot of learning to do. So I read it again and I applied it. Now, after all these years of reading that book, I never noticed until I flipped it over the other day on the back. It says the number one book recommended by Inc. 500 owners and CEOs. And I was like, wow, I read this book before I was even thinking about the Inc. 500. 
And after three years in the business and my fourth year in business, I became the 27th fastest growing company in the United States on the Inc. 500, in Inc. 500 magazine. And that's something that we have framed in the office that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And maybe, maybe I wouldn't have done that had I not read this book, which says right on the back, Inc. 500. So pretty cool thing for you guys to take home. I hope that you enjoyed this. I will keep on doing these weekly. And the more questions that you ask, the more I will answer. There's nothing that I won't answer unless it's a repeat question. Good session though today. I love you all. Kick ass with the BPJ. I want to see you guys have great transformations. I'm not participating in this one this year. Who's going to win? I don't know. It's up to you guys. I love you all. Peace out, bye.